This is season two of 15 with Fosca, the podcast that brings you authentic voices from Italy in real time. Become a part of our community by subscribing and stay right where you are to hear inspiring personal stories from Italians and expats alike, conversations about the current scenario, and to unpack together the intricacies of Italy and Italian society and culture today. Buongiorno mondo and welcome back to 15 with Fosca, the podcast. I am so happy to have Mike Reisman here with me today to talk about a recent trip he took to Italy. And I think more importantly, the approach that you took, Mike, to um, your time in Italy, which I found to be really sustainable. Um, and in the end, it also proved to be very authentic. Um, and so I think what I'd like to start is um, to start with is just asking you now that you've been back in the States for a while and you're reflecting upon your trip, what what kind of reflections are you are you having? Um, actually, a lot. I so one of the primary things that I think I really took away from the trip and it's interesting because uh when I first landed, I stayed with my mom's friend, uh, Dave, in Rome. Mm -hmm. And one of the first things he said to me when we got in his car from the airport is he was kind of starting to explain how just the lifestyle is very different and just how the expectations of not only the way a person's day plays out, but the expectations of sort of the, the society you're in on a person are very different in Italy versus in the U.S. And yeah. that's something that's really... Um, been very apparent to me I think having the bookend of sort of actually being home for a little bit and re-experiencing that now after the fact of my trip um that in particular has been really um striking to me I think yeah and just to give a little context for our listeners mm -hmm. you are in Philadelphia so you're in uh you know a fairly large um U.S. city just to give a little context, so not really comparable to Rome in size, but a big, a big city, a big urban center. You work yeah. in the food and beverage industry. And mm -hmm. I, I want to tell a little story because I think it's 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 the sort of the way this trip um for you took form, you know, very casually. Sure. Um, I'm at your bar, I'm at Vernick in Philly, and you we had a beautiful dinner and you I had a great cocktail. And then at the end of the meal, you surprised me. And you served me a grappa. And we mm -hmm. said, an amaro. I'm sorry. It was an amaro. Yes, and I'm sorry. And we, I think you gave a grappa maybe to Ben. I don't remember. But anyway, I I loved, I love Amari. And I, I remember mm -hmm. I casually commented to you. I said, well, if you like um, really good Amari, you know, have I said, have you been to Italy? And you said, no, I've traveled, but I haven't been to Italy. And I said, well, you really should make a sort of, you know, an investigative trip, a professional trip, because I really do think, and maybe this is the next question, professionally, sort of what impacted you in Italy, and I'll get to that. And I called you a mixologist. I don't know if that's okay. I don't really know what to call you. You're also a musician. You have a lot of interests. You're also a cook. So I felt mm -hmm. like your trip was really um, sort of a quest. And so what started with this casual comment about how good the Amato you had given me was and how I had to take you to this place in Florence where they had an amazing selection of Amati. I guess the seed was planted. And mm -hmm. I guess like a month or so after you were like, okay, I've booked my ticket. I'm coming in November. So can you <laughs> tell me a little more 
sort of as a food and, and um, beverage person, if you will, a food and wine and spirits person, what, yeah. what really were you hoping to gain in that sense, in the sense of your profession from Italy? But what I really want to know is what, what surprised you? Um, I think so professionally there is like Italy, of course, is very no, no news to anybody, like considered one of the great food and wine centers of, of the Western world. Right. Um, so it always had sort of had that kind of allure to me having never been there before. And I'm a big fan of, for example, like Anthony Bourdain. And I love uh, watching his shows and yeah. Uh, watching, yeah, and particularly his episodes in Italy. He has a, uh, I believe there's a, an episode in Florence. I think there's one in Sardinia. I think there's one in Rome, just like a bunch of different. Yeah. And anytime you see something like that, just everything is is incredible. And all I hear, of course, from, you know, people who have gone is, oh, the food was amazing. The wine was amazing. And as a person who very literally studies all of that for a living yeah. it seemed kind of a disservice to myself to not be experiencing that firsthand I agree it was something I, yeah I agree wholeheartedly and I encouraged you to come because I was like you need to come I mean that's part yeah. of I think that's part of your professional development if you will I hate to use such like an HRE term but no, but it is but how can you not like it's just opening your horizons or broadening your horizons, opening your eyes and your palate yeah. and whatever. So tell me more about what you found. So um, I found uh, everything. I, I, and of course, you know, Florence being a major city and, and Rome and Milan also being major cities, you sort of have to have a little bit of a sense of how to navigate and not, uh, and as far as not landing in in the tourist traps and and yeah. doing that and yeah so you have you have to have a little bit of a, a sense of that but there's less of that I feel like even than I expected I mean there there is certainly around the major tourist centers but most of the restaurants and most of the bars seem to primarily cater to locals and things which was very exciting that was exactly what I was hoping to find Great. um yeah, and there is certainly the bar seems to be higher just in general in terms of what people are not only willing to but are excited to be eating. Mm. Um, I feel like sometimes the the quality and the care and things that seem to go into the food and the wine um, in just any old little restaurant in Florence is in in the US something that's often seen as like, well, this is like a special thing. This is like yeah. a really great, yeah. Mm -hmm. This is very, you know, we love to throw the word authentic around, even though it's a very loaded sort of term. But yeah. um in the in the US, you know, it's like this is the most like authentic Italian food and blah blah blah. <laughs> in Florence, it's just that's that's just the food. That's just how it is. Yeah. And I think it's such a uh interesting, such an eye-opening sort of experience of people and their relationship with their sort of like, um, I guess like culinary foundation, just the way that they eat and and survive in their world. And I think where that bar is, is extremely telling about the priorities of a culture and the priorities of the people within it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and it was something that really, um, upon my coming home and having the usual, uh, what do you want for dinner tonight? I don't know, what do you want? I don't know, what do you want? The idea that the options 
uh, are so the the bar is so much lower is is kind of it's a little sad honestly I think um, for us too that kind of meal is often uh, it can be unapproachably expensive for many people of of that sort of quality and of that sort of care um, that's like a special night out whereas in in Florence and Italy generally that's just like that's that's what's there that's what right that can a normal trattoria or an osteria just sort of like a totally. family run you know, yeah. normal kind of really casual trattoria and you can have unbelievable meals because it's just, I mean, I talk about this all the time, but you have base, the quality of the basic, the quality of the ingredients. And yeah. especially here in Tuscany, the, the cuisine is quite, you know, it's called the cucina povera. You hit on a few interesting points. And so you're going to mm -hmm. have to talk about the word authentic because I'm going to get yeah. to that in a second. But what I like is that you... um you observed so eloquently and you you related to our listeners so well um this cultural heritage that italians have that it's so rich but on you know that relationship with food the relationship sure. with wine and i think it is something you have to experience and see mm -hmm. because yeah okay you know anthony bourdain was very good at um at the you know re relay you know relaying those experiences helping us um live those experiences through mm -hmm. him but you know when you're really living it yourself and you're tasting those things and you're witnessing those connections and those relationships that's when you know the cogs start to turn so yeah. i want to talk about um authenticity because you did say it's a loaded term um yeah. And you're absolutely right. And and I want to talk about though, go back to your approach to the trip because you had a little over a week, um, mm -hmm. and you hit uh, three cities. So I would never recommend that to somebody coming to Italy because sure. it seems like far too um, rushed for me. And so, mm -hmm. how can you do or see anything in um, in such a short amount of time? But yeah. Okay. So you, you know, you, you spent time in Rome, you came up to Florence, you went to Milan and what I'm interested in hearing from you, because I think you had a sustainable approach to your trip because you came in November. I think you experienced authenticity because mm -hmm. you came off season. And I also think though, that you put yourself out there in a way mm -hmm. that engaged that kind of cross-cultural um, conversation and also gave you that insight into the culture. And so something you told me that I loved is that when you were, you kind of hit the, you hit the bar scene, obviously it's research, it's for your job yeah. and you it's, hit it's it. It's very hit, difficult. No, you have, it's very hard. <laughs> it's my you burden know, to bear. Somebody, yeah. I know you poor thing. Um, <laughs> you know, somebody's got to do it. Um, yeah. And, you know, but I remember you're telling me that you would speak to bartenders, speak to staff, mm -hmm. you know, wait staff, et cetera, servers, and really um, approach them with this openness that is also typical of us um, Americans. Yeah. We're very open. We love, we we're, we overshare, um, we <laughs> love meeting, you know, it's, it's very, we're very open. We like to just, you know, spill the beans immediately. Italians, especially Tuscans, are quite reserved. And you you mm. came back every, you know, after every morning, you know, you would come back with a new story or, you know, you would come back to Florence with a, with a story about somebody you had met. 
And so I yeah. want to hear more about those encounters that you had while you were here. Um, sure. And I want to talk about also how you divided your time between sort of museums and more, you know, sight sightseeing, um, and then your enogastronomic um, journeys. Yeah. Let's start with the authentic uh, encounters. Sure. So um, one thing that I was told by by multiple people, actually, you know, people are always, you know, where are you going? Where you, and this is by the time I was already in Rome, not even when I before I left for Italy yet. I go, uh, well, I'm going to spend the next few days in, in Florence. And people would always say some version of the same thing, which was uh, the food is really incredible. It's so beautiful there. You know, you have to go to this museum and this museum and this museum. But people in Florence have a little bit of a reputation for being, you know, as you say, a little a little reserved, um, even a little people made it seem like they were standoffish. Exactly. Even. I was about to use that yeah. word. Standoffish is the perfect. Word. Yeah. Yeah. And I truly that wasn't really my experience. I think the very few instances where I could have possibly felt that way, there seemed to almost be a generational divide of sorts. It hmm. seemed like that was more true of um, kind of an older generation of Florentines, whereas the younger people that I met were generally very open and very friendly. And I mean, I guess we can get into a whole philosophical thing of like, is this the impact of like social media, globalization, blah, blah, blah. Probably. But which, yeah, probably. I mean, just a, a landscape, a cultural landscape in which interacting with more diverse groups of people is just the norm. Which I think is where, really wonderful. I mean, that's where we should be. I mean, we should yeah. be there. I don't know why we're not there yet, but I For think sure. what you're saying is exactly true. This is, you know, and I'm going to let you continue because I want to hear your stories. Yeah, sure. That's um, no, fine. Um, <laughs> but I mean, that that was really kind of the, I was coming in sort of bracing myself for that experience mm -hmm. and kind of coming and going. What I really wanted out of this trip was was to meet people and and sort of get the experience of a of an Italian person in Italy. Right. Um, and so, okay, well, if the people I'm going to meet are going to be like kind of standoffish, then we'll I have social skills. We'll navigate. We'll figure something out. Right. So, um, but that that really, for the most part, was not my experience. Plus, as as you had mentioned at one point when I was there. Uh, which I found certainly to be true, is that Florence is full of people who are not from Florence. And so many people I met were also tourists from, from many other places, whether it was the US or the UK or Sweden or Germany, or um, even just other uh, France, even just other cities in Italy. So yeah. there were so many um just people to talk to with all kinds of different backgrounds and experiences. And I really think people have asked me many times since I've been home, you know, what was your favorite part of, of Italy? And my answer invariably is, is the people. Um, and uh, I, I have found that to be the case, no matter what part of Italy I was in, I have met someone cool, someone interesting. I think I was telling you one morning, uh, I met this guy who was a cellist for the uh, ballet in Berlin. And so yeah. my grandfather was a cellist. We had so much to talk about. I met someone who was from Louisiana and she was just there as like an au pair or something. And we had a lot of like American versus Italian and even Northeastern US versus like deep South US to talk yeah. about as well. 
Um, so the people were, were really incredible. I also feel like I'm slightly losing sight of your question. So I'm, oh what, my gosh, what was your yeah. is what Sorry, I remain focused no, on. I wanted you to yeah. tell me about, cause I think, you know, you, I'll, 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 we'll get back to it in a sec, but mm -hmm. I wonder, I mean, a lot of it is obviously your personality. And I even said to you at a certain point, I was like, well, you know, you're a bartender. I mean, you're used to like talking to people yeah. and listening to people. Absolutely. As mm -hmm. a solo traveler, I think it comes more naturally. Also, you go into a place, you're dining alone, you're drinking alone. It's, it's nice to strike up conversations. And Florence really is conducive to that because it is such an yeah. international community. And I don't view that as negative at all. And, no. um, but I wanted to hear more about, I loved the fact that, for example, um, you know, you, you met, I don't know how, you know, these people, and then you went to this, their concert in Milan. And then while yeah. you were there, you met someone else who then came to visit you in Florence. I want to hear, yeah. and then, you know, I want to hear a little more about that. And then I want to hear more about those wonderful encounters that mm -hmm. it gave you. And maybe that your openness gave you, um, that I, I like that sort of humble approach that you took, um, and really talking to people and understanding what is happening in Italy right now. You know, I talked a lot about it yeah. and you talked to people about how, you know, how it's hard, you know, you were commenting on, for example, how, you know, you can get a great glass of wine for so little compared to the U S or, yeah. you know, the quality of the food for how little it costs. And I said, you know, it's mm -hmm. all, you have to always compare it though, because the salaries are low. And so you also heard that sort of straight from the horse's mouth. So tell yes. me, about one of your sort of, you know, journeys or, and then, you know, the, one of your, your stories of, um, you know, those magical encounters that you have in Italy that give you um, really this kind of privileged insight, albeit limited, you were only here for a short time, but that have given yeah. birth to these really um, interesting encounters and, and, and friendships. Totally. So I, um, about a month before I actually came out for my trip, I started just like we kind of foreshadowed before, but sort of the magic of social media yeah. um, was just kind of finding some people that I felt like I might have something in common with and reaching out, just sending them a message and going like, hey, I'm going to be in Italy, you know, from this date to this date. And it would be really cool if you could, um, if you're available at any point, if you're interested in, in hanging out with a, with a foreigner, if you want to just like show me some stuff that you think is cool in your area. And one person that happened to um, respond in, in a really wonderful way to that is this woman named Faith, who is one of the two singers of, uh, or, or three really, one of the three singers of a band um, who are kind of from all around that the the area but they have this residency um in milan okay. and so her and i get to talking she's like you know she's a obviously a musician and i'm a musician so we're talking about our experiences doing that we're sending each other like our spotify playlist like this is right. kind of the music i like this is what i'm writing and she goes you know we have this gig in milan coming up um if you're interested it would be really cool if you could meet us at um it was like for Lee or something because two of the band members are from that area and they had to be picked up there anyway. So she goes, if you take the train to there, we'll pick you up. You can hop in the van with us. We'll drive up to Milan and you can come like hang for the gig. And so of course I would love to, even for professional reasons, it's like, cool, do some networking, meet some people who know some booking agents who knew some. So that sounds great. Best case scenario. Um, 
I will make a friend. Worst case scenario, I'll make a contact. Yeah. Um, and so her and the whole band. So it's a band called Super Pop. Um, and their thing is they're kind of like an event band. They they play yeah. covers that generally hover around like 70s. They do like some disco and soul and stuff like that. They have like the outfits and the everything. Oh, and so fun. So fun. And for what it's worth, they're really good. Oh, um, we'll put a link. We'll put um, a link to all their stuff in the bio yeah. when the podcast airs. For sure. Yeah, they have a, a website, an Instagram page, whatever. Okay. Um, very, very good. Very fun. Um, and anytime I meet, I've been doing music for a very long time. And anytime I meet a random musician in any random place, like, I feel like everyone sort of plays an instrument and I'm always kind of bracing myself for like, okay, like yeah. it's, well, you know, we have, we're both how, how invested truly, how <laughs> I'm, I'm hesitant to use the word good, but like, no, I know am, I, am I going to be sort of suffering through this? Yeah. yeah. Um, they were really good. Gen like genuinely good, not just like good for a random person, but legitimately good. But they were also, um, the venue was like super fancy. Yeah, it was uh, the Westin in, in Milan. So it was like kind of a fancy hotel and there is a bar in there that they sort of like clear out and make a little stage for. And um, for, first of all, they packed the room. Like people were excited to see them, which is really cool. Um, and so Faith and the rest of the band, right off the bat, I am as much of a stranger as a person could possibly be. Yeah. Literally from a different country, we have nothing in common aside from a random like few social media interactions. Right. And just the the warmth and openness and excitement of these people to be like, yeah, random stranger who we don't know from Adam, like get in our van with us. We'll go on a three hour car ride with you. And you tell me about that though, because I would have worn yeah. it. That you just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I realized you you totally didn't tell me that you got you went to four Lee. So you actually went to a fourth place. Kind of. I mean, I was kind just of. there to get I mean, picked no, up. but it's yeah. just funny because you you told me we were going to Milan. I was like, oh, he's taking the uh -huh. fast to Milan, and you know, and okay, so yeah. you got in a van with these random strangers and you went from four Lee yeah. to Milan and you have this amazing experience and you go to this beautiful concert. Mm -hmm. and then and well, bef before I get to the end, then I feel like it's worth adding a little asterisk to all this, which is I, I did do like as much um, kind of detective work as I reasonably could to make sure I wasn't getting myself into like a dangerous situation. Yeah, because, uh, like, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know these people. Human but like, trafficking, I, unfortunately, is, is real. I mean, I don't for know. Sure. I would be, yeah, yeah. be a little concerned if you had told me. So you you did. Yeah, but I, I authenticated all of this before I agreed to anything. Good like job. this is okay. a real band. They're actually performing. They actually have a okay. gig at this place on the stage. Yeah. So okay. it was it was I felt good enough about it. Okay. Um, but so anyway, we we get to the gig. They're setting up their playing. I actually went back to my hotel while they were sound checking and stuff and just like took a nap really quick because I this is like day I don't even know but you it was early stopped. in the trip and a, you never stopped I don't know how you did yeah. it I well I had my little naps in between basically yeah. it's kind of how I how I managed to do it and you're just powering enough. through you're yeah basically enough. yeah that's exactly what it was but um <laughs> so in between I had spoken to uh somebody else in Milan who was um a bartender also and I'm like, okay, so Super Pop show is going to start. It was like nine something or whatever. Mm -hmm. I had some time. So uh, this other person I met, uh, her name is Sylvia, and she's a bartender. Um, 
And uh, we got to obviously have a lot of common interests of like um, spirits and cocktails and just service oh, and food good. and things like that. Yeah. So she goes, I work for this uh, club in Milan that is sort of, it's it's kind of like a members only situation, but I'll put you on the list if you want to come visit and grab a drink and like say hi. So I go, okay, I have, you know, a, an hour to kill before I have to be back at the venue for the show. So let me stop in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, went in there, grabbed a couple drinks, um, met her and and one of her uh, coworkers. He was like the head bartender of their uh, situation there. Um, so like sort of- easy? No, it's a, uh, so it's a restaurant called Ronin and it's like a Japanese restaurant, basically. Yeah, I, I, I heard the name. I've not had the, I've, I've, my name has not been put on the list. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, we can, well, we can I'm yet. sure we could change that. Yeah. Okay. We'll talk to um, Sylvia or tell me more. Yeah. So you're there and you're, you have a couple of drinks talking to Sylvia, talking to the other, the head bartender. Yeah. Yeah, so that's all great. We, you know, sort of like established kind of a uh, some commonalities and a rapport. And then I go back to the show, Super Popper playing. And right before they go on, there's a guy in kind of their little green room set up. His name is Fabio. He's uh, not a necessarily a musician himself. Like he does play. He, he can sing a bit. Uh, he can play some guitar. But he's really a photographer. Okay. And like, you know, like we dudes with with long hair and slightly grungy vibes managed to, to find each other. I guess. And that so we get to talking. What's that? That was funny. Oh, yeah. But, uh, and uh, so he goes, oh, you you must be a musician. And I'm like, yes, is it everything about me that gave that away? And we we get to chatting and we just like we're talking about um, a lot of he's very into like uh, 80s metal bands and stuff, which I like a, a number of also. And so we're getting That's like fun. really excited about these like obscure bands. And so, um, you know, it comes this this was the night of my birthday as well. So it comes out uh, that it was my birthday and like he's super excited. And he's just like a fun, outgoing guy. And he's like, well, we have to get a beer. And I'm like, OK. So fine, but like, I'm excited to meet my new Italian friend, but I'm buying. So of course it's like, well, I buy us a beer and then he wants to buy the next round and I want to buy the next round. Right. And then, um, so we're just, we're friends immediately. Um, and uh, yeah. And then uh, there's this woman there named Andrea, who I honestly don't even know how we started talking. Me, just the three of us, me, her and Fabio. But she winds up kind of joining our little like circle of like buying like beers and shots and things back and forth. Um, And so the three of us, like the band had this long drive back home. So after their show, uh, I was talking to Faith for a little bit and she goes, yeah, we have to drive back tonight um, because we got to drop these guys off in Fort Lee and we got to drop people wherever. So, okay, they're going home. It's like for me still relatively early in the night. It's probably like 1130 midnight, something like that. And so they have to drive home, but Fabio and Andrea are like, we're going to keep hanging out. Why don't you like come hang out with us? And we spent the entire rest of the night just like hopping to bars and clubs and wherever we could find. Um, We were at Andrea's place briefly, or I'm sorry, we were at Fabio's place briefly. um, And I think I got back to my hotel at like almost six o'clock in the morning. um, Did they take you for uh, breakfast? Because that's what Italians do. They get, you get a warm cornetto. There are like these secret bakeries. (laughs) But it's like a tradition, like when you stay out all night partying, uh, you know, it's like us going to diners. I guess yeah. that was comparable, you know, like sure. you stay out all night and you go have like a greasy breakfast at the diner. And so that the equivalent here is a cornetto, a warm croissant. 
Oh, well, we, we didn't wind up doing that, um, unfortunately, but we did have like a sandwich, a sandwich at some roadside stand oh, well, at like three okay. something in the morning, you know, I'll so. Bet. I'll bet. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so they were, they're both such cool people and met totally at random, just happened to put myself in a situation to be social. And um, I already, Fabio is like talking about, he because he's, uh, a photographer and working to photograph live music in particular. I'm like, I know some people in Philly. If you ever have the chance to come here, you can talk to these people and yeah. you can maybe set yourself up to come and like get some cool uh, like press passes to some shows. Yeah. So there's this very uh, not set in stone kind of abstract plan of whenever he's able to make that work out, he's going to come stay at my place. I'm and, so glad. I'm so glad. Yeah. Yeah. And this, this was literally just like one night of, of many of being out. And then the next day uh, I messaged Sylvia from the bar the night before and go, Hey, I'm like in Milan for a few more hours still. Um, do you want to like grab a coffee and get some lunch or something? So she's like, absolutely takes me to some cool place. Um, she said is very typical, like Milanese mm. um, cuisine and atmosphere. And so we did that. And then Sylvia days later wound up was the one who made the trip down to Florence. Um, and so, you know, we, we got some porchetta, we went to the Galileo museum. Um, so yeah, I've just, everyone I met was so open to the experience and so fun and so cool. Um, and I did some version of that like every day. Yeah, it's true. You yeah. had, you have so many great stories and you, I thought it was amazing that Sylvia, who, you know, is, is in Milan. I don't know if she's originally from Milan, but you know, mm -hmm. she meets you and it's sort of an impetus for her to make this pilgrimage to Florence. She said something like, oh, I haven't been to Florence in years. And one yep. of the best bars in the world is here in Florence, um, locale. Mm -hmm. And so the two, yep. I loved that the two of you made this sort of, you know, you you bonded and then you made this sort of professional privilege, uh, pri privilege, uh, professional, it's a privilege, <laughs> but also a professional pilgrimage to yes. Locale. And I wanted yep. to talk a little bit because that sort of really defined your whole trip. So this is sort of the second part of my question. So I think you, you know, authenticity, authentic, yes, they are loaded terms. But yep. what you did find was you found openness and, and that yep. openness led you to that to those experiences, let's, you know, those authentic experiences, or at least those experiences that, that are very full of um of friendship but also of cultural like a very clear sense of cultural exchange and i love that yeah. and it's something i talk about a lot um yeah. what i what i love about even the story that you just told about sylvia is that that was sort of like your average day and so i wanted mm -hmm. to talk about how you balanced i i think that your approach as i said was very sustainable um yeah. to italy and i really i i loved that and i also think that the way you approached the culture was also very balanced so you mm -hmm. would like do one sort of cultural thing cultural, I mean, traditionally cultural, sure. like the Galileo Museum that you just cited, yeah. because for mm -hmm. me, you know, Porchetta is just as authentic as, um, you know, going to see, uh, you know, the, the Galileo's finger, um, or absolutely have you right. But, but, yeah. so, and then you always, you had these nice, um, adventures also. And, you know, I had given you sort of a, a basic notion. I said, well, you should really try, you know, to do this or to do that. But you yeah. had so many adventures 
that you ended up sort of being led on a, I don't know, let's say on some kind of a, a magical journey um, within the country. So I want to ask you yeah. um, of sort of the things that you saw or the things that you experienced, let's say aside from these um, lovely encounters that you had with these new friends and collaborators or what have you, um, what really stuck with you from Italy? What really stuck with you? Like when you close your eyes, what do you see or what do you taste? Um, I, so much. It's this weird sort of, um, when I reflect back on it, sometimes I, I have this sense of like, you know, you know, in, in Star Wars, when they like kind of go into like hyperspace and then it's this like weird sort of array of lights, like it almost feels that way. But instead of an array of lights, it's just like flashing scenes of like the, the center of Florence and like a, a plate of uh, Tortelli and um, the, the center in Milan. And there's like all all of that stuff. And it's just this uh, kind of like slideshow of sorts that is that is moving in three dimensions. Yeah. But I think. For me, I was really struck by Florence in particular, especially as you're, I mean, really everywhere, but in particular, when you're in that sort of like Ponte Vecchio area, um, there is something that feels so, I guess, for lack of a better word, it feels so Italian. It has so much personality. It has so yeah. much, um, like, so much of a, of its own sort of footprint the everything from like the architecture to the streets to the way the people around you are dressed which by the way the people are dressed incredibly I, I felt like such a slob half the time <laughs> I noticed though I noticed like the first you know you I noticed that you were like I think like day two you kind of yeah. skipped up a, a bit more because you realize yeah. that your people like they don't mess around especially oh, yeah. in but I mean flower everywhere everywhere yeah um so yeah, yeah. oh just, no I, sorry yeah no that's it's fine but I, I just be like walking around somewhere and like there are definitely people in like jeans and hoodies and sneakers but every at least a few times a day you just like catch a glimpse of somebody and just go damn yeah. <laughs> I need to step up my game um but um yeah but that's that I think is that sort of um that uh quote uh, part part of that quote unquote authenticity that I was looking for is just being because there there's a feeling of I guess um there there's something almost almost Disneylandish about the experience in that when you go yeah. to like places in downtown Disneyland and they have these like curated set pieces that look like different parts of the world. But so you you have that experience of being in that and it feels so different from what I'm used to seeing except that it's real it's the real deal and there's there's a there's a certain seasoning to it that makes it feel that way it has so much more weight and so much more power to it that way but yeah. i think just like that downtown area where the buildings are so old and they're so particular in their style and they're all beautiful we just don't really have anything like that here i think i mean the us philly even being one of the older cities in the us it's just not old enough to have developed that patina that a, a really hundreds and thousands of year old uh, culture like Italy has had the chance to do. Obviously. And it's, and it's, yeah. but I think you, you really got, um, you got it. And, and it's, it's, um, 
you know, it always goes back to the aesthetics and to beauty. And, you know, when you see that and when you live it every day, it yeah. does change your, I think it does change your approach to the world or, or your attitude. Yeah. Have you? So I have like a couple of things that I'm, I'm curious about still. Sure. One is I want to, I want to put you on the spot a little, and I mm-hmm. want to know what was the best thing you ate and what was the best thing you drank. And I mean, it, it doesn't need to be, it's so hard. it doesn't need to be a drink drink. Like it can be a yeah. cappuccino, but I know you don't sure. drink coffee, um, which, you know, but I, I'm still, you know, I get it. Um, <laughs> um, but in Italy, it's hard because like the coffee is so good here. I was so sorry that you aren't a coffee drinker. Yeah. Um, because the coffee is so good. So best thing you ate or thing, even thing that you sort of that surprised you or whatever. Um, and, and the most interesting thing that you drank. Um, yes. So I think eight, there are, there are a few different answers. The, the, uh, the, the uh, horrible burden of having everything I'd eaten being so good. It's a really difficult choice, but, um, a couple things stand out. One was, I had told you about the uh, Zabayone that I ate early on. That was uh, Luca's recipe, or you said his grandmother's recipe, which I had, it's a dish I had had before, but never like that. And that was really like a whoa. Luca's Zabayone is like, and it's like nothing I've ever tasted. Yeah, it's It's incredible. Yeah. And down to just like the, it was not only was the flavor just like rich and deep and amazing, but the texture was incredible. It was still light somehow as like Mm -hmm. what is, you know, essentially a, not exactly a custard, but it's not, not a custard either. Um, And it was just so light. It was served like slightly warm. It was just Mm -hmm. phenomenal. So that was really great. And, and it's worth pointing out too. I'm not a person that like, I like desserts, but that's rarely the thing that stands out in my mind. It was just that good. Um, but, uh, another dish that I had that really stands out to me was when I was at, uh, Pescatoria and, uh, they had this, um, it was a potato gnocchi with, uh, chicory, both kind of in like an almost, uh, pesto kind Mm -hmm. of sauce. Um, that was just like, obviously from a a squeeze bottle or something kind of squeezed in a, a pattern sort of over the gnocchi with, uh, chicory greens as well. And then that was just kind of on a um, little um, sort of shallow, um, trying to think of the word for it, like the the best word for it. But it was it was all sitting on this just like melted cultured butter, which is just like a little tangy and sweet and salty in all the great ways. And then these um, little kind of raw shrimp. Um, so this little shrimp crudo, potato gnocchi, chicory. And that was just incredible. That dish was amazing too. Um, and then in terms of things that I drank, um, all the wine was incredible. You kind of mentioned this before the way that the wine, you know, someone will go, where's this wine from? And someone will point in a direction and go, it's from over there, which is (laughs) just, it is so (laughs) great over the woods and through the hills, you know, but it's, yeah, yeah. but that's the beauty also of Florence is that we're literally like, well, not, I mean, not only because that's not fair, but Florence is really has, it's this amazing proximity to the, some of the best, you know, winemaking areas in the world. And so people really do say, oh yeah, it's from like right over there, basically. Yeah. 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 And like five or six euros, which, you know, we were talking about the economy there and stuff, but um, like, especially working in that industry, 
in the US, I know what that costs over here mm -hmm. and how those things are priced. And it's crazy. I, um, I mean, I, I understand it from a purely just like we're a business, we got to make money sort of way. Oh, yeah. And it's, it is, yeah, more expensive because it's imported, et cetera. But like just that you have access to that in such a casual way is uh, something that I really think is part of that sort of fabric that forms the way that people live and eat and drink. Um, it's just less accessible here. I, yeah, and, I agree 100%. And it's this, yeah. I see it all the time and it's the food and it's the wine. And yeah. it's sort of like a basic right. I mean, that's it yeah. literally like a basic right. I look at it that way. So yeah. we're coming a little to the end of our conversation. We're coming a lot to the end of our conversation. <laughs> sure. uh, but, and I still have a couple of questions that I, I want to ask you. Um, yeah. First of all, you haven't, I mean, you said all the wine, but is mm -hmm. there anything that, for example, any taste um, like that either that you'll bring back with you um, either for your drinks or for your culinary creations. Cause you are also, a, you, you definitely define yourself as a cook as well. But so yep. is there anything that you thought like, Oh, I want to try to replicate this. Or for example, the gnocchi dish that you just described, of course mm -hmm. you can replicate it, but it's not going to taste the same because, sure. and you know, and that's just like, that's a fact. I, I, I don't know how to you negotiate it. I don't know how to get around it. I eat very yep. well when I'm in the States. I'm sure you do too. And sure. it costs a lot of money to do so, um, yes. whether you eat at home or whether you eat out and here, thankfully, at least for now, but I mean, like things are getting, you know, things are changing here as well. Of course. Um, so I just want to know if there is something that really impacted you that might impact your work as well, you know, your yeah. creations. Yeah, for sure. Well, so interestingly in the, a lot of the bars I went to were kind of cocktail bars and um, that sort of uh, like pre-prohibition style kind of cocktail, what we, what we would now call like craft cocktails right. um, is kind of an American thing. So that's like an American thing that made its way over to Europe. And so interestingly um, it's uh, just, so I, I don't think very much changed for me on like that specific thing. Okay. Um, however, there were some really cool, just like ingredients and the ingredients that they have access to. I'm really interested in exploring grappa a little bit more. I feel like that's something that's like kind of overlooked. And it's something that like Luca in particular speaks about with like a great deal of affection. And he has like a couple cool, like aged ones. Yeah. We don't really have very much of those. It's very underrepresented. And it has a reputation in many cases for being like kind of um, like certain, especially the cheaper ones have like an almost leady quality to them, yeah, like no, flavor wise and almost like metallic. Right. Yeah. The um, and they're messy. Yeah. I'm not a grappa oh, yeah. drinker. Um, you know, I'm, I'm an Amato drinker. Um, yeah. But a good, since I met Luca, I really, my, my whole world has been opened. I don't drink it very often still, but obviously mm -hmm. the Veneto, it's extremely common. And, yeah. and so it's very common in our house as well. We have some very good bottles. Did he, did he, he gave you something to taste, I hope, or you guys just drank whiskey. He or no, we, we drank whiskey um i didn't i didn't have the chance to taste the grappa but uh you know okay. i also that particular day was on a, a very short timeline yeah um 
But, uh, and, and speaking of him and I had a really nice conversation in the car on the way to the train such that right. we were like able to, cause he d- doesn't he speak a lot me. of English and I speak right. basically no Italian. Yeah. He told me that but, you communicate. And I think that speaks a lot also about Italians in general, that they are yeah. obviously your generation. Most people do speak English, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it depends, um, when yeah. you get depending on the age and stuff and and people's life experience, but Italians always manage to communicate somehow. So final question for you. Um, Do you want to come back? What's next on your list? Um, If you come back, where do you want to go or where do you want to go back to? Yeah, I I would get back on a plane tonight if I, if I was able (laughs) to. Um, Absolutely. I want to come back. Um, I, and beyond, um, just like wanting to for funsies, but I, I kind of have to a little bit. There's so much more of the country to see in yeah. that conversation. Luca and I were having, um, he talks about Veneto where he's you know from, of course, with a great deal of, of affection and sort of, proud. uh, very proud, yes. very, very proud. proud. And, and, so. Yeah. Yeah. And he was telling me that next time I'm in Italy, I have to see the Veneto and I would love to do that. And I, he told me about three different regions, uh, the first one he said, I actually don't remember which one it was, but he was basically sort of talking about the the culinary nuance of them. And he says uh, that which, whichever the first region was, that the 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 cookbook from this region is is like this, and his hands were very close together. And he says the cookbook uh, from Florence is like this, and his hands were slightly further apart. And he says the cookbook from the Veneto is you know his hands were. So he was he was basically telling me that. Um, that I, if I really want to experience Italian food, that I, I need to do that. So that, and also more of Southern Italy is on my list for sure. Yeah, I think too, and as I, as I know, we're starting to get, we're getting low on time, um, that there, as we're, we're getting to the, the revelations portion of the, uh, of the conversation, I think one of the biggest revelations and one of the things that really, really stood out to me in a, a powerful and a poignant way is the power of just like the the word yes just like i'm going to well, whether explicitly said or just implied by an experience but i'm just going to do a thing and someone's going to go hey i know this place and i'm going to go yeah let's check it out let's let's see what that's all about or someone wants to strike up a conversation and i am like yes let's uh let's talk let's let's get to know you let's you know whatever and every time I said yes to a person or an experience, which was almost all of the time uh, when I was there. I was yeah. with with one exception only because I just couldn't logistically make it work. I remember um, you would have yeah. gone to a you know a fifth city at that yes. point. Yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, and so that was you know, and I, I kind of I'm like oh, I kind of wish I went, but I understand why I didn't. Um, but just yes is I think one of if not the most powerful word in in the english language in the italian language in any language at all just the openness to experience and the ability to just go yeah let's see what happens like what what the worst thing that happens is i eat a dish and i'm not crazy about it and like okay but there's like something new and i've never had this before and like yes let's give it a try i'm in a new place um someone is like hey i uh you know my band is playing and we would love for you to come see yeah, absolutely. Let's let's do it. Um, and that just not having and and again, just like circling back to like I, I'm not condoning anybody just like agree blindly to like stupid and dangerous situations. Obviously. Like obviously, but um, 
within reason the idea of like yes is so um important i think and I think it's, it's, it's very powerful. powerful i think it's extremely powerful and it is really it has been such a formative it, it, it was such a formative um experience for me and just the like i i am pretty good at like connecting with people and talking to people that's just a, a condition of my job but i think the rate at which i was able to do that in italy because my time was so short it was so like uh on the one hand i was in a a literally smaller place and and sort of enclosed by the fact that i'm kind of like where i am and i can only get around so much right. on the other hand even being in a literally smaller place the world felt so much bigger um beautiful that's the yeah, revelation just, that's that's it that's just just by saying yes yeah. yeah and i love that and i could i couldn't really imagine a better ending for our chat i you know i we talked about the podcast because i i was so intrigued by by your stories and by all these adventures that you were having. And I mm -hmm. said, you know, I would love to hear your impressions. So I'm really grateful to you for coming today. And I love yeah. um, the fact that yes, um, yes, the word yes does then serve as this catalyst. And if you open, I always say it, when, when you open yourself up to the universe, the universe will surprise you in very beautiful yeah and absolutely very rewarding and so I think you're saying yes and being intrepid and really just opening yourself up to a country and a culture um mm -hmm. is a is a paradigm for I think how we should be traveling so it's yeah. just been a real pleasure speaking with you and yeah, I, hope, always. I hope you do come back to Italy uh yeah sooner rather than later and I hope you'll keep us posted on what you're doing of course. I think uh, I think the only thing I can say to uh, the idea of coming back to Italy is yes. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Grazie mille e alla prossima Grazie. volta. Grazie. Thank you once again for tuning in to this week's episode of 15 with Vasca and for continuing to do so. Grazie mille e alla prossima volta.